Acts of the Blood God. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Axe of the Blood God, US Gamer's official RPG podcast, where we are tired, so very, very tired, after record- spending an entire week covering E3 2017. Everybody's been running around since last Friday, which is just a terrifying thing to say. So much has happened since then. We've had all of the announcements and all of the megatons, uh, mostly from Nintendo and Ubisoft for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've come away with a rather different opinion of what the RPG landscape is going to be looking about like this, uh, well, this fall and kind of beyond. Um, there's a fair amount to talk about, Nadia. Uh, so let's get yeah. right to it. Um, so I, I suppose like just, it seems like people were feeling a little let down by the press conferences in general, particularly by... Uh, Sony and Microsoft, or particularly by Sony, and particularly by like Bethesda and EA. EA is not surprising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we think we we got what we could out of EA. Um, honestly, for Nintendo, it's like you got two Metroid games. How can you be disappointed? <laughs> oh no, I don't think people were disappointed. Right, like they did. Uh-huh. There was like this GIF of like showing a Mario Party. And like Nintendo is just kind of standing there, and like yeah, I've seen that the other the three, meme. like the other big three, like just kind of roll right off the edge. Yeah, and and, and Luigi is Nintendo is just standing there watching them go to their doom. That was more or less it. And I have to say, even though I am a Nintendo fangirl by all means, I wanted to like just fall on my knees and thank God that that Nintendo's presentation was half an hour by the end of it all. <laughs> just sitting there, like the PC show was like two hours and. You know, no, like, the I, PC I, show was only half an hour. <laughs> who who was it? The PC show wasn't half an hour. Are you not out of your mind? It was an hour and a half at least. Was it? Man, it was. It was a long time. There okay, was, um, maybe I'm wrong. Because I was thinking, oh, okay, it's gonna be 45 minutes, and then I can't remember who was hosting it. Uh, really sweet, super dapper guy. He's like, oh, and we're we're not even halfway done. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm gonna we, lose my shit here. Now let's talk about like Intel hardware crap. That nobody cares about necessarily. And the guy up there just like, this, this is Intel, it's so exciting. Yes, exactly. I, I'm going to wet my pants with excitement. Well, PC people were really excited, right? I mean, I guess. Yeah, good for them. All of the teraflops. Alright, so, I think, um, so, before we go on to, uh, like, all of the other stuff, um, one thing that does jump out at me, so, I, I guess we should start with Bioware's new project, um, Anthem. Right. So, we don't know much about it. Um, basically, we were shown a trailer, or, yeah, it, it was a trailer. Yeah, it was like a, a trailer with some gameplay in there. Yes. I kind of gave you an idea of what you'd be getting into, uh, e.g. Destiny. Yes, it is a... It's beautiful. Like, mm. it is clearly a technical showcase, particularly mm-hmm. for a console like the Xbox One X. Um, and uh, I'm not going to get used to saying that Xbox One X. Yeah. It's like Mega Man, except he's in the future and his name is X. Oh, well, if it were X, like, (laughs) and it were becoming sentient, the first sentient console, like, that would be one thing, but... That would be frightening. As it is, it's mostly a collection of teraflops and, like, uh, miserable rags and piles. 
but <laughs> uh, it was trying to be a Symphony of the Night reference, but it was kind of failing. But um, so yeah, Anthem is clearly a tech demo or a technical showcase. Uh, they didn't show a lot, but what they did show looked extremely promising to my eye. You are like people who are called freelancers. You're going out into some kind of, I don't know, planet or jungle mm-hmm. or something like that. Like a and, hostile world in general. And your sweet exoskeleton thing that you can that upgrade. That's pretty cool. Your sweet mech exo- exoskeleton that you can upgrade. Presumably there will be loots, all of the loots. Um, it the will loot. be a um, slightly reheated RPG-like substance. It, mm-hmm. uh, it follows in the, the footsteps of Destiny. But yes. I gotta say, like, I was immediately more intrigued by what Anthem had to offer than by Destiny, because, like, Destiny is fine and all, don't get me wrong, um, a lot of people praise the gunplay from heaven to back, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like, give me the robots and I will always be <laughs> happy, right? Yeah, I'm kind of interested because uh, you have the robots for one, which I'm kind of lukewarm on robots, but I did like the look of the world itself. Like, it was very lush and, like, just teeming with all this weird life. That's the kind of thing I really like. Yeah, uh, that's what I think it is. I mean, like, Destiny is also very colorful and has a really distinct kind of palette and look Mm -hmm. to it. But just by and large, I, I think I prefer the look and the feel of Anthem for the most part. Um yeah. Yeah, it has a very misty sort of look to it too, which I, mm. I think is really kind of makes it gives it a good ambience. ambience. Actually, it makes me th- it makes me think a little bit of Avatar. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yeah, which is not a compliment, actually, which I feel a little bad about saying, but they have kind of a similar thing going on, right? Where your pi- um, have you ever seen Avatar? Uh, I I know my father rented it once, and like I was going to watch it with him, and I didn't. So him and my mom watched together, and I said, "How was it?" And he said, "Oh my God, that was a piece of shit." <laughs> so, <laughs> so at so at the end, spoiler alert. Um, there's this guy named General Ripper. I, I think his name is literally General Ripper, like, or maybe not. Maybe that was from something else. R- regardless, okay. So he's a general. He's mm-hmm. like your typical like I love the smell of napalm in the morning kind of guy. Oh, and yeah. he drives he drives a mech. Um, and at one point, he's fighting the main character who is in like this navy body, and because mm-hmm. the navy are very tall. And of like the human needs the mech, and the you know the mech has like a like a Bowie knife, and it's actually like but you know it's really really big Bowie knife, and it's actually a really cool <laughs> fight. Like that was actually easily my favorite part of that movie. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, in effect, uh, that I'm strongly reminded of that when I look mm-hmm. at uh, Anthem. So uh, that's what it ends up being. Cool. Well, it's passable. I mean, that, that's a word for Avatar, I guess. Passable. It's it's very. I can't even say marketable because its appeal just died so fast. But, uh, <laughs> yes, the, mo- plastic, the franchise very... for the, the, the most profitable movie that nobody remembers. Pretty much, yeah. It's, it's a really interesting phenomenon, but uh, it's a very plastic but appealing, fun to look at. It's nice to look at for a while. But I think Anthem hopefully will have a little more depth than that. From what I've seen, it's just really yeah. nice to look at. So hopefully it'll be fun to explore, too. Yeah, I wouldn't count on seeing it necessarily anytime soon. Um mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not coming out this year. Uh, I will say that when I was talking to the Madden director today, he was like, Anthem, it's real good. <laughs> like, keep your eye on that one. Like, And obviously, Sage it's mod. like, hmm, EA guy is talking up other EA game. But at the same mm. time, you know, I, I found that a lot of the times, like, 
just because they work for a company doesn't mean they're necessarily on board with everything. And if they are not yeah. on board with it, they're just not going to talk about it. So Exactly. I was going to say he could have said nothing, in which case he would have had nothing to say. So the fact that he just comes right out unbidden and says, Anthem, holy yep. crap, keep mm. your eye on that one. It gives me a lot of hope that it is going to yeah. live up to the promise. Okay. But I'm, not so, Xbox, um, I'm not getting an Xbox One X for it. Don't get, don't get me wrong here. Oh, you don't have to. It's going to be on everything else. Yeah, I know. But uh, That was the funny thing about them making it like their big end of show, like, and here's the, mm. the finale. I mean, yeah. they showcased a game that's going to be for everything else. That goes to show the state of the uh, Microsoft exclusives, I guess. Yeah, no, absolutely. We were talking earlier today about how Forza is actually the best Microsoft game right now. Like, mm-hmm. And I don't think it's particularly close. I mean, you mm-hmm. also have Halo, and you have Gears, and you have Rare, I guess, and some other stuff. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, Gears and Halo have very much fallen off. And for now, yeah. For now, and uh, they haven't really developed anything new. And so, as a result, like Forza, which has managed to maintain its kind of uh, standing with gamers uh, year after year, like, has yeah. become the de facto flagship franchise of Microsoft. But that's um, not so bad. It's a, it's a great series. No, absolutely. Like, I like Forza Horizon. But this is not the Forza Horizon podcast um it <laughs> is the one. rpg podcast and actually like having been to this uh show and seen many of the announcements i feel a lot better about mm. the fall lineup okay so just let me like read off some of the rpgs that we can look forward to this fall nadia mm-hmm. we can look forward to Pokemon Sun and Ultra Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, which right. yes, a lot of people have played all Pokemon Sun and Moon, but whatevs, like I'm looking forward to it because it's probably going to have like a bunch of extra stuff at the end, and it's going to be kind of the one that I play yeah. the most. I think we yeah. can look forward to Nino Kuni two. Mm-hmm. We can look forward to Divinity Original Sin two. Mm-hmm. We can look forward to a little game called South Park. <laughs> that one looks pr- pretty fun, to be honest with you. Yeah, it looks pretty all right. I mean, I'm not yeah. I'm not all on board with the South Park humor or whatever, but all things considered, like, I really love how, how faithful it is to look and the feel of the show, mm-hmm. at the very least. And It's pretty much one-to-one. And let's be honest, like, I, there are times when South Park can be pretty freaking funny, so... Pretty much. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I don't know. I might end up playing it. We'll see. Um, it, it, it looks cute, but... I, and then, of course, there, put it that way. the game that uh, I cannot wait for, and I feel like uh, there should be a little mea culpa here. Um, like, that was my mistake. Was like I was like, Xenoblade 2, that's not coming out this year. Wah, wah. Told you. That's not coming out until, like, 2019. <laughs> yeah, I think someone in the uh, comments said, I have it on good authority. This isn't coming out until 2019, winky face. Well, that's not the case. Uh, Nintendo confirmed that it will be coming out for the Nintendo Switch in 2017 this fall, which gives them, honestly, a, a really intriguing one-two punch uh, this mm-hmm. fall. Like, we 
uh, I, I would say Super Mario Odyssey and Xenoblade Chronicles uh, 2, very good one-two punch. Um, yes. Unfortunately, alas, not on the show floor. Oh, it wasn't, huh? Not playable. Uh, oh. Either because it wasn't demo, uh, play, either because it wasn't really like just a good game demo, or like mm-hmm. I don't know, like I I wouldn't demo an RPG on the show floor personally. I would show a little yeah. Bit to trailer. be honest, I have played RPGs on on like show floors, and you never get anywhere. You don't get a good impression of what the game is like. So I understand why they didn't have it there. Yeah. Uh, so it it however did uh, get a trailer during the Nintendo Direct. Yes, um, I did. Like, it's hard to say, like, much in the way that is meaningful about the characters. Um, you have a boy, you have a girl, there's a sword, uh, there's some mention of something called the Aegis, which makes me wonder if there's going to be mechs in this one. Because they said that... It sure you're the looked dra- like it had, like, a combination of, like, the biological and, me- and mechanical. Like, I saw, like, kind of a mechanical... They, they there was a scene where they were flying by, like, the world tree, and you could see, like, this huge mechanical... I guess it was a take on the world serpent, and that was pretty cool. I think mm. the Aegis is, like, some sort of mech thing that they were flying in, or a ship or something. Hmm. So, I think that... So, based just, you know, I mean, obviously it's a trailer, like, it's hard to say... Like, maybe the characters will end up being not that appealing compared to Xenoblade Chronicles' original characters, but I am really looking forward to Xenoblade Chronicles 2. It's easily one of my most anticipated games of the holiday season. I'm really Mm -hmm. grateful to have this thing. But more importantly, so Xenoblade Chronicles came out on the Nintendo 3DS. I, I really don't think that Xenoblade Chronicles... Being on the 3DS really did that game any favors. No, the the 3DS screen was a little too small. I think the Switch will be a nice sweet spot for a portable play. It wasn't just that it was too small. It was the fact that uh, like it was a clear visual downgrade, which mm. I mean, maybe that's inevitable, right? Like, okay, mm-hmm. we can permit that. And it also just wasn't a super great port in general. Um, it did have it, problems. It didn't do a great job with the touchscreen or anything like that. Like, it just... uh, It was not the ideal way to play that game. And you could say, well, whatever. I will take that. I will will play Xenoblade Chronicles any way I can get it. Like, if that means, like, having to put put aside the kind of, you know... (laughs) The Wii version ain't the greatest way to play it either. Probably the ideal (laughs) way is to rip the... uh, to rip it from a disc and play it on an emulator and play it in HD. For for being perfectly honest here, but that'd be nice. Yeah, no, it actually is really nice. It's gorgeous. Um, but yeah, the 3DS version, I uh, it was okay. Mm. It was, <laughs> but this is this is this version of the game is built for the Switch specifically. So yes. I think we're gonna have we're, yes. it's gonna be really nice. Yes. The 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 first game, um, even though. God, something was wrong with the faces, but everything uh, else was gorgeous. <laughs> oh gosh, what, what was wrong with the faces? They were just really blurry. Um, it was like looking at some kind of like, like I can't describe it, like some sort of pagan monstrosity. If they turned to look at you, if they didn't, if they weren't looking at you, everything was okay. If they were looking at you, it was like, oh god. So the original, the original, like so, the original Xenoblade Chronicles had an interesting kind of. Uh, path to the U.S. Um, obviously, as mm-hmm. you'll recall, Xenoblade Chronicles came out in Japan and quickly 
word spread among the import community and JRPG fans in general that it was very good, and it became mm -hmm. part of the original Operation Rainfall circa 20, 2011. People were signing petitions, and like there was a whole board. People wanted last story, um, the Pandora's God, Tower or something. Like Pandora's that? Tower, thank you, and Xenoblade Chronicles to come over to the U.S. This being 2011, the Wii was very much on its last legs. The uh, so Nintendo announced the Wii U at E3 2011, so the, mm -hmm. it was almost over. The Wii U was coming yeah. out the following year. Nintendo was is seemingly not that interested in going through the trouble and the expense to localize these games, so people were really disappointed. But then Xenoblade Chronicles gets picked up for England. It gets mm -hmm. localized for England, so it's now, to add insult to injury, it's out in English, <laughs> over there. But it's not coming out over here, which was... Yeah, we were, people were really mad about that, and they had every reason to be. And the real kicker was that the Wii was not... Uh, the Wii was not region-free. So it wasn't like you oh, could just right. import it. You had to mod mm -hmm. your Wii. You had to jailbreak it, essentially, with that mm -hmm. Twilight Princess glitch. And oh, that yeah. was the only Jesus. way that you could realistically play it, short of buying a Wii from the UK. Mm -hmm. Which I thought about doing, by the way. <laughs> just Did so that really? I could play that game. Well, thankfully yes, you didn't have I to. really wanted to play it. It looked great. You it's know, a great like, game. I, I really enjoyed it. It's one of my favorites. It's very strong. I, I, I will say that. I think, I think it is not you know the greatest RPG I've ever played. I think it's no, good. I think it's very exactly, good. But it has so many parts that work, and like even though not you don't really have so many parts that are fantastic, other than the music, which is just incredible. Everything just comes together and makes a really nice, warm experience. And I really like the, the characters, and I'm kind of glad they went back to the British accents and the stupid, doofy main character who's kind of a dork but kind of sweet at the same time. I hate assigning arbitrary like scores to games, but for me, mm -hmm. it's right in between a 4 and a 4.5 on the U.S. gamer scale. That's a, that's a good place for it. So 4.2, right? That's a, it is definitely a 4.2. That is a good number. This is like a very arbitrary number. Like, why the point two? Well, I was kind of in between. 4.25? I don't know. Too much water. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you, Nadia. That is a thing. But so the original Xenoblade Chronicles, it had these sweeping vistas. It was mm. really gorgeous. Um, it ultimately ended up coming out here. And because it was localized in England, and they kept that localization, Yes, all yes. the characters had British accents. Yes. They're like, feel Long the time. power of the Monado! Oh, it's fantastic. I, support. I actually, I switched back to the English voice, I switched to the Japanese voices at some point, point. I said, you know what, this is not right, and I switched back to the oh. English ones. I like the British voices. Oh, I love them. I adore them. I had a good soundtrack, too. Oh, fantastic! The, the theme for Guar Plains. Just I still mm. listen to that every so often. It's just fantastic. Yes, when and you're just, out on the when you're exploring, it's really good. It's fan. It's perfect exploration music. Mm. And uh, same composer on the on Xenoblade Chronicles too. So, hooray! Also, the battle system, by and large, very good. It mm -hmm. uh, so the way it worked was effectively you could control like. You could take control of like any character you wanted, if I recall correctly. Yes. And you would be choosing between like different options, like 
there was uh, different skills. They all had different skills, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that would charge up over time. And what you wanted to do was kind of sync them up in their own way so that they could like synergize and do different things. And, you know, you had your typical healers and that kind of thing and like buffs mm-hmm. and debuffs. But one of the, the, the secret sauce, you know, every battle <laughs> system needs to have a secret sauce. Of course. Was uh, the fact that the Monado, which is the Epon- which, which is the sword, it's the sword that the main character gets right mm-hmm. at the beginning the that is like sucking his life out, it's killing him, um, if I recall correctly. It, uh, it's good for killing the mechs, and the mechs are yes. the bad guys in this game. Like yeah, the, mecha- the mechanos. Yes, they're the villains, and like it cuts through them like a hot knife through butter, but it is not useful against organics. Nope, but like you can it, cast something on there to, to make it useful to, against organics. Yes, but it is cast a temporary a effect. Yes. Yeah. It is a temporary That's effect. That's other friends are for. And not super great against bosses. So party mm. composition when you are taking on a boss, becomes extremely important. Yes. You have to give a lot of thought about the strategy and the composition to how you want to approach a thing. And I really liked that. That was really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a a game that rewards you for testing out different party combinations. Uh, The way that I remember it, though, is um, Shulk is the one who can can wield Monado without any negative effects, whereas Dunban is the one who wielded it at first, and he was the one who was having his life sucked away. Uh... But I did right. like how badass they made him by making it so that he could wield it at all. Because Ryan tried to pick it up and he got like blown across the room, as I recall. Mm. And later like... on, when you meet up with oh, later on when you meet up with Dunban again, uh, he has his own sword and he made it out of like a Mechanus, so he can also slice through mechs. And that's why I use Dunban like all the freaking time. <laughs> yeah, Dunban also, was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, he was much. awesome. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so I, 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 I like the the, the the tactics to it. it, it it's a very mm-hmm. straightforward game. Like yes. it has a, a certain amount of momentum, and like there is backtracking that happens. And but by and large, the side quests are kind of simple. Um, it's yeah, mindful. Re- yeah. Yeah, I really like the fact that you finish a side quest. You're not tracking back to, to that idiot who gave you the quest. You just complete it, and you get your re- your reward right there. I am yes. so down with that, and nobody does that. Yeah, that was nice, but for the most part, it was kind of, you know, fetch questy. Yeah, but as long as I don't have to go, like, schlepping back to the, the dumbass who gave it to me, I'm okay with that. Hey, give me my money. Yeah, I'm mm. done. Good. Everyone's happy. Here's your stupid flower. Get out of my face. <laughs> you know, it's the, <laughs> it's the simple act of hunting that crap down that drives me crazy. I just The shinies. Yeah, I find that so boring, and I have no idea. Like, I guess there are people who are, like, really OCD about that kind of stuff and just find simple pleasure in, like, collecting things. Like, did you know that, like, back in, God, it must have been, like, 2012, 2013, that there was somebody who managed to get all the way to the level cap in World of Warcraft without doing, like, any, like, without attacking anybody? And you know how they did that? that? They just collected crap. Oh, Jesus. They just got the tiny little XP boost from collecting things, and that's all they did. I wonder if that's what South Park was parroting that one time with their Warcraft episode, because you had the uh, the boys kept getting killed by some dumbass who was, like, yep. super high level, so they just leveled up killing boars for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks until so they wouldn't so he wouldn't notice them, and then he just they just demolished him. So I wonder if that was a, a reference to that. 
all time uh, all time greatest South Park episode. <laughs> My father, who's not into video games at all, like he still talks about the scene where Butters shows up with Cartman's exact character, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I could be playing Hello Kitty Adventure." No. Uh, one I of the great games. RPG moments, the the bits where they like were like grinding uh, up their characters um, to the you know to the montage and everything like that, like that is the perfect MMO like kind of image. Mm-hmm. And then concluding with like when they finally take out the troll who's like ganking all of them and is like somehow yeah. like broken the game, and then cutting <laughs> to him like. Wearing the uh, the, the tendonitis rest, the like glove and yeah. everything, and he's just kind of like sitting there, like staring at the screen, like what? <laughs> Completely like wordlessly, like the, the cutting to him, like the cuts to him where he's just wordlessly playing, just like going. Yep, amazing, amazing. That was pretty perfect. I totally digress, and I have no idea how we got onto that. But oh yes, the grinding. Yeah. Yes. They they doubled down on that in Xenoblade Chronicles X. Mm-hmm. They did. Which, let's be honest, uh, very interesting game. Um, it was huge. Might maybe even kind of a, a kind of like pointed the way toward uh, Breath of the Wild in some respects. I think so. I really do think so. And um, although I really appreciate Chronicles X for what it was, I did not like it as much as uh, the original because I will put it this way. I'm really glad that uh, Chronicles two is going back to the, the, the kind of fantasy world where everyone lives on top of Titans versus yeah. like, Hey, here's an alien planet space, space woo, with rando girls um, and fairly generic characters. And those freaking, what are those called? Those little stupid mascot characters with the big ears. I don't remember, but I, I do. Them. I do think that, it gives me even more respect for what Nintendo managed to accomplish with mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild because mm-hmm. Xenoblade Chronicles X compared to Breath of the Wild felt so empty and mm-hmm. just like they were like, go to that mountain and see what you can do. And I'm like, okay, cool. I went to this <laughs> random piece of terrain. Nice. Yeah, right? it's, a, it's a hill, all right. There sure are like some things around here. Uh, I, I mean, I guess, what am I doing? Like, what's the point of all this? Um, okay, cool. It's like, well, the bulk of the game is fetch quests. And I'm like, yes. no, no, no. I, n- n- that, the answer is no to that thing. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, like, uh, I don't know. It was not, like, they actually did some things with the battle system. And, like, it was, lo- it was very similar to the previous one. But they improved it. You know, and everything. Yeah. Uh, so that was cool. Like, especially the customization was more in depth than it was in Xenoblade Chronicles. I, I recall that the customization in Xenoblade Chronicles, aside from picking your skills, if I recall correctly, mm-hmm. was not super in depth. Um, the yeah. that was mostly reserved for the party compositions and that kind of thing. So I did like how, even though you like you were like level freaking one, you would see these huge ass dinosaurs mm. like just roaming around in the plane. So I'd be like, oh man, I'm gonna like just totally screw around with these dinosaurs. So I run up to one, I get kicked in the face, and just my hit points drop to zero. And <laughs> <laughs> so don't fuck around with the dinosaurs in, in Xenoblade Chronicles X if you are not level sixty million. Today's the moral of today's acts of the blood god. Don't fuck around with dinosaurs. <laughs> it's good advice. It is good advice. 
don't mess around with dinosaurs. I mean, don't be a Mario. Don't mm-hmm. possess them with your hat. Don't That's become so a T-Rex. That was really cute, wasn't it? I can't wait to become a T-Rex. Alright, so Xenoblade Chronicles 2, we'll see how it ended up turning out. It, from the look of it, looks like it is very much in the style of the previous Xenoblade Chronicles. It is a number of sequels, um, as opposed to X, and mm-hmm. it, it, it looks good. Um, I got a few glimpses of the sweeping vistas um, nice. uh, that, you know, like, that we know and love from the previous Xenoblade Chronicles, and oh my gosh, this game's going to be in HD. Is it going to look Ooh. like Anthem? No, but I don't think I care, because it I looks pretty freaking good. I think that's what this E3 taught me more than anything else is I don't care how many how how high resolution an image is. I mean if it's very high res that's nice, that's great, but if it doesn't look fun to visit and play then I'm just not that invested. So when you take all of that uh not only do you have like like you have some really strong RPGs this fall. You mm-hmm. have Xenoblade like I think Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and a Divinity Original Sin tune, that is a heck of a one-two punch. I and, uh, like, don't totally forget, retract what I said. Info. Zelda's yeah. getting more story. You if you're into Horizon Zero Dawn, you're getting uh, that expansion DLC. pack. Like, what looks like a pretty meaty uh, DLC expansion pack. And then, mm-hmm. on top of that, you are getting uh, Etrian Odyssey 5, which uh, I briefly played while I was at E3, actually. Oh hey, how'd it look? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's um. So I, I can't say much about it except that it is kind of a return to its roots. Mm-hmm. So Etrian Odyssey three and four kind of took the series in slightly different directions. Like Etrian Odyssey mm-hmm. three had you sailing. Nice. For example, yeah. So in that respect, it. Like, it, it was varying up the formula. This one is clearly a return to the series' kind of roots. Like, you're trying to, I guess, get to the top of the world tree. Yeah, yeah. The usual. Like you do. <laughs> like you do. Like, you're trying to get <laughs> to the top of the world, world tree. tree. Like, climb the wild world tree. So. Just like, you, you climb tar- if you climb trees in the park, you can climb the world tree. Yes. So... I mean, and in, you know, most respects, it's going to be the same as your typical Etrian Odyssey game, which the the fun of that game is getting a party together that you really like, finding mm-hmm. the right party composition. Uh, it has, like, cool art for all of the characters, but otherwise, like, you're creating them kind of from scratch, getting them, like, properly equipped and everything. And just trying to survive, you know, right? Because like, that is a really hard game, and it is yeah, I know. Parrish has said as much many times. <laughs> very grindy. Mm-hmm. Uh, once it once you get to the second stratum, it usually starts kicking you in the teeth. Uh, so <laughs> I fully expect Etrian Odyssey Five to be similar, though it does mm-hmm. have one addition that I kind of like. What's that? It has an auto mapper. Oh, isn't so, that controversial? Yeah, well, to be honest, <laughs> I'm kind of a lazy mapper myself. I'm a terrible mapper. I, I am so bad with a sense of direction. I just, well, I just don't like taking the time to be like, you know, I'm filling in the little things yeah, and I'm yeah, adding in either. like, 
I'm dropping in that, and I better put like the X here and the door here, and you know, <laughs> which I get it. Like I know that it's like a throwback. It's nostalgic. It goes back to the days when we were playing PC RPGs, and like we had graph paper. Can I tell you something though, Nadia? Mm-hmm. I never used the graph paper. What did you use? Just just lined paper, like a heathen. I didn't use any paper, and I was very bad at those <laughs> games. I was going to say, did you stumble around into a wall and die? Because that's all I can think of the happening. I did not I did not make a map. I ended up using my friends' map. Okay. Yeah, you know what? When I played games like that on my Commodore 64, like the ones by Epix, uh, they did one that was pretty good. Um, it'd be fun to play for like half an hour, then I'd die, and it'd be like, okay, well, you know, I guess I, I always had this, this vague hope that even though I was stumbling around, I'd get somewhere. And I never did, of course. But of course, I had no. fun on the way. I would have the way to my death. I used to play Return to Zork. Return to Zork isn't an RPG; it's more of an adventure game. But it does have one RPG-like element, or mm-hmm. like it's kind of mindful of RPGs from that era. Because at one point you end up in a couple of there are a couple of labyrinths in that in that game, and if you just try to stumble around, mm-hmm. one of them, like you have to use your stick. And you have to test the ground in front of you, and if you just step blindly into it, you will sink into the mud and die. <laughs> that sounds about right for that kind of game. And the other one, you have to drink milk. Ooh, delicious. Because if you don't drink milk, your vision will start to go. What the Because fuck? it's dark. It is so dark that you will literally start to go blind. And if you, you go blind, you will stumble around in the dark and get eaten by Gru's. That's horrifying. What does milk have to do with vision, though? It improves your vision. Duh. Okay, but is it? Didn't you ever learn that in school? No. <laughs> That's because it's not true. It doesn't actually improve your vision. Uh, neither, okay. neither do carrots. Did, did they already say that carrots improve your vision? Like that apparently was uh, I know made that up. They they contain vitamin A, but it was also a code for something to do with the Second World War and something about buttons. Yes. I don't know. I can't remember how it went exactly. Yes. 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 In any case, uh, Etrian Odyssey 5 is a throwback to those things, and mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't really do anything for me from a nostalgia standpoint, though I appreciate that it can do a lot for a lot of other people. If it isn't yeah, like any be. other Etrian Odyssey game, it will be very hard, very mm-hmm. grindy, mm-hmm. but ultimately like very mechanically deep. And for people who really enjoy the Etrian Odyssey series, the journey is kind of the reward. Like It's mm-hmm. just... It is so freaking gratifying to look at a dungeon, like, well into it and be like, yes, look I at that this. map. I explored this dungeon. I explored this dungeon. I mapped that sucker. <laughs> I killed the Except boss at, at the end of it. I am going up to the second strata now. Oh my god, these enemies are killing me. Oh god, I'm what dead. do I ha- Ah, crap, here come two more FOEs. Ah, crap, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> Game over. Game over, you lose. So yeah, I played some of that. That... I will be playing it. I will be enjoying it, just like mm-hmm. I did Etrus Odyssey 3 and 4. Uh, I will definitely really give it a try. Gotta say, Ma- gotta say, Nadia, it's going to be a heck of a strong uh, fall for the Nintendo 3DS. Can you believe how... It really is. That thing is alive and kicking. Yeah, it's not going anywhere this season, that's for sure. Yeah, we were all like, oh, the, Etri- not- the Nintendo 3DS, it sure is dead. I mean, or at least... <laughs> Maybe not us, but a lot of people. I mean, heck, we wrote a eulogy, for, for God's sake. 
We probably just, were a little premature on that one. I guess we were. Like, Nintendo, like, they were not BSing when they said that. They were like, no, we think well, we're going to keep this going for a little bit longer. I mean, the thing the, is five years old at this point. It's still the going. The thing that disappoints me is that we still didn't hear about Mother 3, and I thought for sure we should... Oh, why uh, did I even think that? Uh, not hear about Mother 3. Come on, but we heard yet. about Metroid, so I don't know. Anything's possible. Uh, we're, I would be very surprised if we hear about Mother 3 at any point. You know what I want more than Mother 3? I want mm-hmm. a new damn Earthbound game. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, although I don't think it's coming anytime soon. I, know I don't think so. I think the guy who wrote it, like is, like, kind of done with that. Shigesato Itoi, yeah, he's, he said he's done. Uh, there is a fan project for a quote-unquote Earthbound 4. The name has been changed since for obvious reasons, and that looks really fun, actually. That looks like it's done really well, but, um, yeah, it's not official by any means. No, so I would not be holding my breath for Mother 3 at any point. Um, one other game that I also got to play when I was at the Atlas booth was Yakuza Zero, or see, Yakuza Kiwami, which mm-hmm. is the remake of the original Yakuza. Right. Um, and I actually, like, I was talking to the localization producer uh, for Yakuza Kiwami, and I was just like, I ever give any consideration to bringing the dub back, uh, given that, <laughs> you know... Mark Hamill to uh, Majima. Right. I mean, well... Yeah, at the time, it was kind of ill-advised. It ended up not being a great dub. Like, the script wasn't very mm-hmm. good. Like, Sega was handling this, not Atlas. And then... Right. Like, because Atlas is working on this one. And they are like, eh. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, well, any consideration to getting it dubbed again? Because the general assumption is that, you know, they don't have enough money for it. And I'm sure that's also the case. But he was like, oh, mm-hmm. the money is not the issue. We just don't want to. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's oh, fair. interesting. I was like, why not? He's like, yeah, we see it kind of as a foreign film. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's very true. That it keeps it very genuine. It does keep it genuine, doesn't it? Because it does. And he's like, it's just the vibe, right? It's like you're it watching is. a like, foreign I, film, and I'm like, oh, it's fair. And yeah, they they really like. I'm sure Atlas has a tight budget to begin with, so they really don't need to spend money on a dub that no one wants. Maybe some people want it. I don't. I don't know. I, I've always felt like when it comes to our, uh, you know, games, like a fully voiced dub confers a certain amount of legitimacy. And the, I, I think the, maybe the cliche or the stereotype is that if they're not able to spend money on the dub, then it's like a pretty <laughs> cheap project to begin with, which maybe is a little fair. Yeah, to be fair, if there is any company that could pull off like a dub worthy of Yakuza, it would be Atlas, 100%. Oh, I uh, think so, yeah. Persona, even though like people complain about Persona 5's script, I think the way this, the voice actors delivered it, like I did not have a problem with the writing. They sold the hell out of that script, awkward. didn't they? <laughs> they what's, that, what's that? They sold the hell out of that script, didn't they? They did, and all my hats off to them. They, they did a really good job with it. I mean, there was a, a point here and there where it was like, yeah, okay, whatever. But um, they did a fantastic job. Yes, they did. So, uh, yeah, so I, I'm not, I'm not, like, I don't necessarily care that Yakuza mm. Kiwami is not going to be dubbed. And if, if anything, I played through Final Fantasy XV in its entirety with the Japanese voice acting as opposed to the see, Yeah, see, acting. I used English, so I, I really go back and forth between, it depends yeah. on my mood. But I just told you how I, I started in Japanese, or, sorry, I started in English for, um, uh, Xeno, uh, Xenoblade, and then I switched back to uh, English, or because I just missed the, those, those goofy ass accents. 
Mm. Where, like, Persona, uh, Persona, like, I, the thing that I also found kind of interesting, aside from the fact that they said that they, they saw it as kind of a foreign film, was that they're like, well, oh, it's so Japanese, you know, like, like, so steeped in Japanese culture, and, like, they're using the honorifics and everything, that it's like, it's eh, Persona, though. It just doesn't make any sense. I'm like, well, I mean, you did it with Persona, and it was like, yeah, but it's a different vibe, because... It kind of is. Like, Yakuza, like, on the one hand, it can be deeply silly. Like, deeply, deeply silly. But on the other hand, it can be, you know, it, it can be really kind of actually pretty serious. Like, yeah, the Shakespearean and magnitude uh, power struggles yeah. that are happening in the within the uh, Yakuza crime syndicates in Tokyo. Yeah, and that's one thing I mentioned in our uh, top ten trailers. Uh, read it. Uh, one thing I really envy about the Yakuza series as a writer is how they can switch on that, that silliness on and off without a hitch. Like, they can sell one or the other without really making you disbelieve yes. most of the time. Then, then a chicken shows up. Absolutely, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I was playing Yakuza 6 as well. Mm-hmm. That and was pretty interesting. Yeah. So uh, Kiryu finally has a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> caved yeah he has an app and everything uh that lets him i guess text people uh that's how he can get like missions and stuff and then he can also um uh, he can access the map through that and everything like the mm-hmm. it was interesting going back and forth between kuwami and kiryu because oh my gosh there's so many times that i've started in that same alley like i recognize that alley like anywhere and like it's like <laughs> here we are again right and uh-huh. so i but something that I really like about Yakuza 6 is how seamless it is. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have load times for the most part. And theoretically, you could just, like, punch dudes all over the all over the neighborhood. Like, it's <laughs> not like you're in an arena. Like, so right. I started a fight near a uh, convenience store. Uh-huh. And we're, like, fighting, and I'm, like, going, ah! And I punched them right into the convenience store, and there's nice. some poor salary man going, ah! And I'm just, <laughs> store, like, punching store. them into, like, racks and everything. Oh, it was so great. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, my God, you got to get some yakety sacks up on that shit. Oh, my gosh. And they were like, yeah, you could, like, totally do that all over the place. Like, you just fight them anywhere. And I'm like, that. that's not too bad. I'm That's pretty awesome. That. The fact that you can just, like, punch dudes into, like, the shelves full of porn or whatever. Just everything scattering everywhere. Pew! Did I, I ever that. tell you why I, I always felt like Yakuza really resonated in Japan more than it does over here? Uh, is it because of punching people in authority? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think <laughs> I think that I think that you the social mores are such over in Japan that you're always expected to be extremely polite and extremely like mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I want to say deferential to other people, like right? Right. Well, you're the opposite of that in Yakuza. Kiryu just mm-hmm. walks through anybody he wants, and they're like, oh, right? <laughs> that is a really empowering feeling to be able to do that. And I think it, it's just a fun feeling. Uh, and then, of course, you're punching fools, like, in the alleys and everything. Um, and then beyond that, it also has, like, some of the best voice actors that you're going to find in Japan. Mm-hmm. Like, it's mm-hmm. if there, if anything, I think that Another reason that kind of went unsaid was that the caliber of voice actor you're going to find here is just not going to be able to match the voice actors that they have yeah. already over in Japan. Even yeah, when I you have guys like Mark Hamill, who is obviously the best in the business, like they're finding like legit stars to play these mm-hmm. people. So, mm-hmm. 
yeah, might as well keep the original voice track, right? <laughs> you know, your your comment about how uh, he pushes people around, like, just while walking, uh, it reminded me, I was surprised that was the thing you could do in Final Fantasy XV, too. Like, Noctis just plowed the shit out of people. He just, like, you know, elbowed them back and forth. Like, it kind of made me feel bad when I was riding Chocobos, because if I, like, you know, so much as touched one of my dudes, I go, like, sailing, like, getting out of my way. I think the vibe there is different, though. I think it's that Noctis is thoughtless. True. <laughs> like that's one of the main the things. Prince, get the hell out of my way. Well, it's more than that. It's I think one of the main themes is that Noctis is growing from kind of a, a thoughtless prince who's kind of whiny, but whiny in a, a different way. Like mm-hmm. people always are like like the stereotype of the millennials is that uh, the uh, millennial generation, which I guess I kind of fall into that maybe. Um, I have no idea if I do or not. Who knows? Let's just pretend that we do. Um, okay. Is that we're whiny, right? Like, we're always complaining. And that, like, one of the things, and and Noctis is very much a millennial. He's always mm. in his phone. He's kind of, like, disengaged. He's, like, kind of whiny. He's a little bit entitled. And, in that re- and that reflects in the way that he's walking around, and he can just kind mm-hmm. of, like bump past people and it's like whatever <laughs> and that's one of the uh one of the main roles of gladio is just kind of punch him into shape and make him like a king and someone has to do it somebody has to do it but yeah i really i like yakuza 6 uh a lot or like i like yakuza a lot and i think mm-hmm. it really found its audience in yakuza 0 i mm-hmm, suspect definitely. that some of it is the fact that it was set in the 80s some of that yes. was the fact that it was a standalone story so that, like, you didn't have to just get into it. And some of it was just the fact that it caught on on social media because the absurdity mm-hmm. was so high. It was definitely a very shareable game. Kiryu is such... He's the perfect straight man. Like, he, he just makes this... Yeah, like, he... Like, you'll see somebody saying something completely ridiculous and it'll just cut to Kiryu just like staring at her like with this like stony <laughs> expression on his face. And it's perfect. The, the expression never changes. It is. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And it's. I'm sad that this is apparently the last Kiryu game. So, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, actually, one thing I will say is the way my husband and I actually got introduced to Yakuza before Yakuza 0 was... Uh, what, what's the name of the, the Cross Zone games? Um, Project Cross that, Zone. Project Cross Zone, yeah, the the second one um, has uh, Majima in it, and uh, I, I'll just never forget the the best line I ever heard of a video game was uh, he fighting with Axel Stone uh, from or Axel Steel, whatever his name is from uh, uh, Streets of Rage, and uh, of course Axel was like, oh, I must like defeat like this bad guy. I'm all full of justice, and like uh, Majima's like, damn, do all the cops in Canada or wherever talk like you? <laughs> Oh my gosh, is Axel a cop in Canada? Uh, no, but <laughs> the fact that he's like, just like, damn, are you from like, all the cops talk in the Canada or wherever you're from? Oh, I gotcha, okay. Yeah. Ah, Kazuma. Anyway, so yeah, Yakuza, let's see, I think Kiwami's coming out this year and Six is coming out next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that, one more thing about Kiwami really quickly before we move on is that uh, when you're doing karaoke... If you do mm-hmm. karaoke in Yakuza Kiwami, you will have flashbacks to Yakuza Zero. Ah, that's adorable. So, like, he'll be singing, like, this, um, uh, it's the classical Japanese music, like, kind of romantic or whatever. And <laughs> scenes from, like, still shots from Yakuza Zero 
start popping up because he's remembering like the stuff that happened. That's yeah, brilliant. I like that actually. I like That's that. Really cute. I like the way they tie Yakuza Zero into the remake of the original. I've never been like we have karaoke in Toronto, of course. We have uh, the kind where everyone stands up in front of the stage, and the other kind with more the more Asian kind. We have the different rooms, but uh, God, I haven't gone to karaoke in years, and I definitely haven't done Japanese karaoke. Do you have to like sing in, in Japanese, or do they have like English <laughs> songs too? In Japanese karaoke, no, you can totally sing in English. In fact, when okay, I'm in so. when I'm in Japan, like you can pick all of the songs, right? And you can sing like it. You can sing totally tons of uh, songs in English. So. Well, then again, JoJo, this the one of the big songs for that now. The end credit song is Savage Garden's "I Want You," which just really? blew my mind because that was huh. like so. Savage Garden is totally my jam. I mean, my '90s jam, but it's mm. my jam nonetheless. Indeed. So I was so happy to see that. All right, uh, a couple other notes uh, before we kind of wrap up our discussion of E3. Uh, core Pokemon game was announced for mm. the Nintendo Switch. It was not Pokemon Stars. They confirmed that they are working on a new game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know anything else. No, they've said maybe a year or so. So that one's a little bit far off. They're not going to steal the thunder for Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. If it is the MO, the MO of Game Freak is they always come in two years into a generation, like mm. clockwork. It's actually kind of amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. GBA, 2003, after the GBA originally came out in 01. DS came out in 2007 after launching in 2004. It was actually originally in 2006 in Japan, but it was a little bit delayed. Um, and, uh, and then continuing on to the 3DS, we had X and Y in 2013, two years after the 3DS originally yeah. came out. So if that holds, we will officially see Pokemon whatever, the <laughs> ninth generation? I think we're on Gen 9. Yeah, crap. Uh, oh, would man. be circa 2019. Ninth generation just... in 2019. Wow, that's that's perfect. I was they got thinking... a lot of assets to build. Yeah, they do. Yeah. But uh, I was thinking back to, I was played a lot of Pokemon when I was in the hospital last uh, winter, and <laughs> I was really, really, really stoned on painkillers, because this, mm. this was abdominal surgery, so they really keep you stoned. Ooh. And the most interesting thing, I was going through Poe Town, and I was trying to play, I'm like, am I lucid enough to play this game? And everyone kept saying the words grated cheese over and over and over. <laughs> Every character I talked to said grated cheese, grated cheese. I'm like, okay, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> what year was, so what was game my- was this? This was Pokemon uh, Sun and Moon. Whoa. This, I don't remember that scene. I don't no, think that happened, Nadia. That, I don't think it happened. I don't think it happened at all. But it happened in my mind, my fevered, drugged mind. <laughs> it was really interesting. I, I thought you should know. So yeah, core Pokemon came coming up from the Nintendo Switch. I think we were all expecting this. Though, mm-hmm. I suppose that, that is with the caveat that it was not a given. It was not a, sh- a sure thing. Like, right. there was every possibility... The game freak could have gone. No, we're gonna hold mm-hmm. out. We're gonna hold mm-hmm. out for uh, whatever the heck is the next Nintendo thing, like because Nintendo has said that they're not entire. They're not necessarily abandoning the 3ds. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So it sure doesn't seem like that. So I think you know we'll see where we are. Maybe this time next year. But um, I think the 3ds has a lot of life left in it. Yeah, I, I mean, what I mean is a successor to the 3DS. Like, they could have oh, held out. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but instead, like, no, they embrace the Switch. And that is a big deal, actually, because... It's a very big deal. They're set in the near term. 
with games like, uh, well, you know, of course, a nice one-two punch of Mario Odyssey and Xenoblade mm-hmm. uh, Chronicles. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully the fact that it's selling well enough will be enough to entice uh, still more development. Um, we have a Kirby and a Yoshi game coming out next year and presumably mm-hmm. more. And then in the longer term, we can look forward to a new Metroid Prime, which is very exciting. Metroid, very exciting. Yeah, and we can totally look forward to a new Pokemon. And when that Pokemon comes out, like... That's the end. <laughs> Pokemon is a killer app. Uh, just it is, 100%. No, way, no two ways about it. And Pokemon on the Nintendo Switch, like, with a proper console Pokemon mm-hmm. that you can play on your TV... That's really enticing. I could totally see myself building up a good team and, like, legitimately, like, settling in and playing, like, a whole bunch of, like, competitive battles or whatever on my TV and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I am looking forward to it. I am very excited to see what they have in store. I'm guessing we'll have a whole direct for that sometime in the future, long future ahead. A long future, like, say, spring 2019. (laughs) Still before Final Fantasy VII Remake. I would not expect a new Pokemon next year. No. 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 The other note is, uh, see, Beyond Good and Evil 2 was revealed during E3, and according to Mike, uh, it is going to be an RPG. Really? Yeah. Beyond, I didn't catch that part. Beyond Good and Evil 2 will apparently be an RPG. Uh, it, it's going to be very different, I guess, from the original Beyond Good and Evil. Um, and it's going to be like kind of a sandboxy exploration game. I call it the Captain Bucky O'Hare uh, RPG <laughs> of my dreams because you're she flying does. around in a spaceship with various animal characters. I mean, there you go, right? That is pretty cool. I do. Lo- I do like you know animal characters. I think they're neat most of the time. Um, like I said on the uh, in the Slack channel. Okay, how many swears is this monkey going to say? But uh, I I did like the way they were modeled and stuff like that. That was a great. Uh, that, that was a great moment. Actually, it was a very heartfelt moment because um, the the creator who's been working on you know Beyond Good and Evil going like back more than fifteen mm-hmm. years, like he actually legitimately got choked up on the stage and yeah, uh, it was sweet. very touching. Um, There's a lot of little touching moments like that. Like the guy who did who unveiled Rabbids uh, when they put the spotlight on him in the, in the audience, he was kind of crying a little bit too. Yeah, because he had been working on it for so long, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> you believe that Mario and Rabbids uh, might actually be good? <laughs> uh, never in a Somehow, million years. I, I kind of had a feeling, like, of course we don't know for sure if it's good or not yet, but it sure doesn't look like it's trash. And I guess, let's face it, Nintendo wasn't going to lend Mario to total trash. Oh, hell no. Though, I mean, but yeah, no, but I wasn't... I mean, it's not a given. I mean, just because it has Nintendo's name on it doesn't mean it's automatically mm. going to be good. But it does look fun. What I saw, looked, I really like the, yeah. the mechanics going on there. Mike's down with it. He's been trying to get me to put it on our top ten list. We'll see if it happens. <laughs> Check adorable. the site. Our E3 awards will be up then, so you'll see if uh, he managed to get into my head to do it. <laughs> and speaking of Our Ubisoft, muscle. actually, Mike says that uh, Assassin's Creed Origins is full-blown RPG now. Really? I guess I'm not too surprised. But that's Yeah, he says it has stats, loot, the whole nine yards. Mm. Um, it's borderline mm. Witcher. I'm like... Wow. Qua? 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 Yeah, I'm like, okay, I uh, got me interested. Like, that might be literally the first time that I've been excited about Assassin's Creed since maybe Black Flag. Maybe even yeah, before I that. I can't remember which one I played. I think it was Revelations. And God, I did that for GamePro back That was a long day. time ago. That was a long time ago. A long time ago um, in the galaxy far, far away. I know I did watch through uh, the latest one. 
uh, the one in London. Mm, Syndicate. Um, which one? Syndicate. I did like the characters in that one. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I didn't play it. I just watched it on YouTube. Yeah, uh, I think that Origins has a really great palette. I, I really like the setting. Mm, and the- if it goes, if it is legitimately going in a very much more RPG-ish style, um, Mike says it's not necessarily quite like Witcher 3, but, mm-hmm. I mean, like, riding around on a horse in the desert. Eh. Yeah, I like that. And you have a hawk for to do hawk things. Hawk with the hawk things. Uh, I thought it was funny during the uh, the press conference, they were like, we're here playing Assassin's Creed on a laptop or something, and we're showing <laughs> off-screen footage, and the glare is way too high. We are going to, okay, cut it off. <laughs> that was a funny moment. That was. Okay. And uh, I think last but not least is the thing that I'm actually... Clay Entertainment, or is it Clay? I'm not, I'm not sure how Clay. you pronounce it. Yeah. Clay Entertainment? Uh, mm-hmm. Creators of Don't Starve, Shank, a whole bunch of really good games. Mm-hmm. They are working on an RPG. And yes, and I'm very excited about that. I went looking for it all over the place on the show floor. could not find it, unfortunately. Oh, is it there? Like, is that the show? I tried to find it, but it wasn't at the PC booth, and it wasn't in the IndieCades, so I don't know. Did you uh, get a chance to play, um, by the way, um, the new one by uh, Image and Form? SteamWorld Dig 2. Oh, that's not really an RPG, though. That's not an RPG. Alas. SteamWorld Heist was phenomenal. Oh, it was fantastic. Yes, so good. Uh, It was funny. Like, I was interviewing the guy who created it, and he was practically in tears. He was like, you loved my game. Oh, my God. He is so sweet. He actually actually wrote um, a review of uh, SteamWorld Dig for the first one. For I can't remember even what slide I wrote it for. And it was a really good review. It was nice because I loved the game. And Mm. he writes to me and thanks me for this review. I'm like, dude, Mm. he made this excellent game. Like, (laughs) thank you. Yeah, thank thank you for making this awesome game. There's nothing I love more as a critic than to mm-hmm. shout the praises of a game I legitimately love to the Yeah, heavens. I mean, we're not monsters. We, we like <laughs> games. We like good games. Come on, But people. it's more than that. Like, I really, really like video games. And mm-hmm. when, and you know, I play so many of them. You see so many of them cross your desk that when one comes across your desk that just not is not just good that you don't just mm-hmm. respect but like yes. speaks to you yes that you just cannot put down like it is almost a moving experience mm-hmm. like I, I i don't want to say it's religious experience but it's very moving and so it is and it's doubly emotional. so to be able to go up to the creator and say thank you that, that mm-hmm. was awesome thank you for that experience so speaking of uh, undertale coming to ps4 and yeah, that game again. That game again. That yeah. one game with the skeletons. Oh, if you missed it the first time, which plenty of people did, there are plenty of people who could not play this very um, accessible game that could not be played on that can be played on almost any system. Um, <laughs> look, I'm not going to poo-poo this. I'm happy that it's coming out on console. Like, it's, wasn't it just PC? Uh, it was. It, it was just on Steam. Game. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be out on PS4 and the Vita. Hey, Vita sighting! Woo! You. Did you did you play the original game? I I played as far as getting out of the like the opening area. Um, yeah, that's usually when people. And then people I, was, really... I got into the next area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, when people decide that like you know, okay, this game isn't for me. It's usually around there. Either you're hooked or you're not. Oh no, uh, I don't. 
I I think Undertale is really cool. It was just like mm-hmm. it wasn't like you know hooking me or whatever. So mm-hmm. which I I guess I guess that's because I was like not giving it as much attention as I probably should have. Yeah, that's fair. Um, although there's certain mechanics that are done on the PC that I'm really wondering how they'll pull off on the PlayStation. So I'm curious to see where it goes. I will definitely give it a playthrough to to see what the story is. Yeah, not exactly long RPG. No, how long is it? Well, there's three separate paths. I mean, there's a whole bunch of endings you can get, but there's three very distinct paths, um, and each one will take you about, like, five to seven hours to get through. All right. Well, I, I promise that I will finish it it's just as soon as I finish Persona 5, Nier Automata, Breath of the Wild. <laughs> yeah, on the pile. I would be honest, like, there's so many games that I want to play at any given time, but I was having a, a, a long chat with um, uh, Taylor Koch um, from... Well, the sadly deceased Yahoo Esports, and I was lamenting how. Oh. Yes. Uh, e- Why do they do this at E3? I hate that so much. When they, they you do know what they thing. told them, by the way? They totally what? told, well, you can go and network at E3. Oh. Uh, which is. Oh, the hate inside of me boiling over. Cold blooded, my God. But. I, I felt. I like those guys. I felt very bad for them, but we were actually talking, and like, literally the night before, and I'm going. Man, you know, like, there are times where I literally just want to play Heroes of the Storm, and it can be really <laughs> tough. It can be really tough to, like, dive headfirst into a new new game. So, mm. as a result, my backlog just keeps on growing. But, you know, there and it will grow still further this holiday season. because Yeah, it's not going anywhere. After my initial fear, my initial fear that the RPG season would be barren has not come to fruition with Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and Divinity, and South Park, and Pokemon, and God knows everything else, we are going to have a very busy holiday season, and we're gonna, that's going to continue right into the new year, where, I mean, hopefully, like, people were saying that Monster Hunter is not going to come out on, we didn't even talk about Monster Hunter, my God. Yeah, that's right, crap. Man, Monster that's Hunter. Right, Hunter World. Yeah, the community is kind of, community is kind of up in arms about that one, by the way. The, the fact that it's on the PS4? Well, the fact that it's kind of looks a little more Western, um, mm, it's clearly geared noticed. toward Western audiences, and it is, <laughs> they're saying it's watered down. Like, mm, but how can you tell? I mean, they're saying that, like, they, like, really stripped down the UI, like, they're going for, mm. like, a much more action-oriented approach as opposed to, like, the much more kind of mechanically, like... A complex and nuanced version of Monster Hunter X or Generations, as we, mm-hmm. which some fans already were saying, Generations is watered down. Of course, of course, it's it's the same old story from game to game to game. I mean, look at how many people say that Skyrim. Yeah, sure, it's it's simplified, but I still enjoyed it. What can yeah. I tell you? Relatively speaking, it's kind of a hardcore RPG. Let's be honest here. But mm-hmm. yeah, Monster Hunter is coming out at some point. We- yeah, as always, Nadia, we have an embarrassment of riches, and we got lots to talk about. We do. We're not going to run out of topics anytime soon. Indeed, but uh, I am going to go get some dinner, and I am going to go sleep for a week, because <laughs> Me too. it has been a long show, but uh, for those of you who have been reading all of our stuff on US Gamer, thank you very much. If you missed mm-hmm. it, we got lots of stuff on the site. By the time this RP- this podcast goes up, our E3 awards should be ready, locked, and ready to go. You should be able. You can read uh, the trailer. Like we rounded up the best trailers. We have announce. We have announcements and recaps for all of the press conferences. We have lots of takes. 
lots of opinions. We played a whole bunch of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so go check out our coverage on the site. And as always, thanks for listening. In the meantime, Axe of Bloodgod is a U.S. Gamer podcast. You can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are sold. Follow me on Twitter at the underscore capot, Nadia at Nadia Oxford. Send us an email at usgamer at usgamer.net. And until next time, we'll be back next time as always. Uh, same bat time, same bat location here on Friday. Do us a favor, review us on iTunes in the meantime. But yeah, thank you. We will be back next week. Until then, I've been Kat Bailey and for Nadia and myself, thanks for listening. See you again. Happy adventuring. Bye.